Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm really excited about today's show, and uh, here's why. The the person that I'm having on today's show, I've known longer than any of my other guests that I've ever had on. Uh, We've been business partners in the past. We've been um, long, lifelong friends, soul sisters. Uh, I absolutely adore Amber Peterson, and uh, really, she has been such an angel in my life. She helped uh, set me on my journey to total health and healing. Uh, which led down a road with uh, reflexology, foot zoning, becoming a Reiki master, and all those skills have really accumulated to lead me to where I am today. Uh, the things that she taught me led me to help me break down barriers in my life physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and really helped me uh, find my true passion and my true calling in life. And so I am just thrilled to bring her on and talk to her today about something that she is passionate about and something that uh, she has found is one of her life callings, and that is teaching people about intuitive eating. Now, Amber has a credential list about a mile long. As you know, on, on my show, I like to, to speak from my heart and tell you how I feel about people. I feel like I've done that with Amber. But Amber, are you there? I am. Well, good. Well, one of the things I always do with my guests is I give them permission to brag. So I'm going to start off this show right away by giving you some permission to brag about uh, some of your accomplishments and would love for you to tell us the things that you have accomplished or done throughout your life that, that you are proud of or would like to brag about on this show, um, either professionally or personally. Okay. Well, well, first of all, Allison, I have to tell you, thank you for inviting me to be on your show. And um, this is like a, a dream come true, like a reunion, right, to, to get back together. <laughs> and you have been such an influence in my life. And so I want everybody to know that as well, that... Allison has been a wonderful influence in, in my own life. And um, as, as far as me, you know, I, I would love to brag about my family. That is at the core of who I am. And um, my story really does start with my family and, and, and some of my accomplishments and just how it's guided me, that the things and experiences I've had, how it's guided me to learn new things and new ways of thinking and, and being and doing and um, so I'm a mother of five children, and after I had my fourth baby, I had a lot of um, health issues. And so that led me into really digging deep into my own health because I wasn't getting a lot of help um, from Western medicine. But it led me into reflexology, and so I'm an accomplished foot owner and teacher and guide and led me also into functional medicine coaching and I've been working at a clinic, and that's just been wonderful to sit across the, the seat from uh, amazing people who, who truly want to change and, and dive deep into um, their health and wellness as well. So um, I guess uh, that's a, a little bit about me. Well, great. And you're joining us today from the uh, beautiful big state of Texas. So uh, Amber has, has lived down there and has uh, been a life for many people down there for a long time now. 
And Amber, one of the things that I like to do on my show is I like to take people um, through their journeys. I like to hear about why you got into this. You you mentioned this a little bit um, when you were bragging in your intro, but we'd love to dive a little bit deeper into why uh, you became so passionate about intuitive eating. And I'm going to do this. uh, I'm going to ask for your permission for me to interrupt you because one of the reasons that I like to do this is any time that I see someone is super successful in something and you really have been super successful in figuring out intuitive eating and teaching that to others, I I like to look at their journey and maybe pull out some golden nuggets um, of of lessons that I learn as I listen to you talk about your journey and hopefully that we can all use along our journey to uh, better health and wellness when it comes to intuitive eating. So what first led you on this path to intuitive eating? What first got you interested in this? Well, it's, it's actually honestly fairly recent and mainly because I work at a clinic and being in a clinic setting, I'm able to see a lot of people from various backgrounds, various belief systems. And when I would sit knee to knee with them and trying to help them get onto a very strict eating program, I would say maybe 90 to 95% of them were not very successful. Granted, these programs were very rigorous. Um, and realizing what, what's the core issue, what's, what's going on here, and, and so really it, it caused me to really turn inward into my own life and wonder um, about my concept of food and my relationship with food. And so it took me back to years and years ago of, um, again, my personal story of, really having a lot of health issues. And, and because of that, it really kind of drove me into somewhat of a depression and it just had constant body aches and pains and I wasn't getting any answers and felt like I was just spiraling downward. And so guess what I would do? I would go to food to cope. And, um, and I know so many women can, can relate to that. And I remember making a whole pan of cherry bars. I was probably going to take them to a function and um, I ended up eating half of the pan of cherry bars. <laughs> and I know so many women can relate to this. And, and after that, I remember thinking, what in the heck just happened? I just ate half a pan of cherry bars and just feeling so much shame and guilt around that and um, really just kind of shoving that aside and just and stuffing those emotions. And so little by little through my experiences, as, I, as I've learned how to dig deep into emotions and and more mindfulness practice and awareness of, as far as thought processes go, realizing that there's core issues at the heart of our relationship with food. And so, well, I, so with that, I'm, I'm wanting to, to help more women be able to have an awareness around that. Well, I think you had something right on the head there. I mean, let's face it, there's very few people today that don't understand what it is to eat healthy. There's so much research out there. We all know what we're supposed to eat and what we aren't supposed to eat in general, right? I mean, that that's, that's not uncommon knowledge <laughs> that, you know, how to eat healthy. Right. But the, what it really comes down to is why don't we do it? If we have that knowledge, why don't we eat healthy? And and I, I love that you brought up the emotions. And one of the, the biggest emotions that come up, and I'll just tell everybody, Amber and I talked about this a little bit the other day too, because it's something we're both passionate about. But, you know, one of those emotions that come up is guilt. And you you kind of described that. You were, you know, you, eat, you ate those cherry bars to help with your emotions and you feel really guilty about, about it. And then that 
just sets you off into a downward spiral where that guilt and shame then leads to more emotional eating and it could just be really um, unhealthy for people. So in, in your particular journey, as, as you uh, started learning how to eat better, um, where did you turn to? Did you find that there was a program that really worked to you? Is it a one-size-fits-all? What did you find in your personal journey? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question, and I will have to say it has been a journey. And so I just started off with um, looking at foods that were not inflammatory that helped heal my gut because I realized I had some food sensitivities. And with that, um, just I started to just really pay attention. And then I started to do a whole bunch of cleanses. And as you all know, cleans- cleansing is a good thing, but at the same time, it's depriving the body of a lot of nutrition. And so I realized that when we deprive ourselves of foods, it leads to the body, the mind feeling like there's a famine, like we're literally starving, which then leads to binge eating. And so that's what would happen. I would go from one program to another program and, and then um, obviously I would slip up, go to guilt and shame, and then I would bend because I was binging. And, and, and I just have to make a disclaimer here. So, so people who have serious food eating disorders definitely need to see, and I highly invite you to go see a psychologist, um, but I'm just talking about someone who maybe is, is dieting or who's trying to get better health and wellness, and they just tend mm-hmm. to, to slip up a lot with, with the binge eating and the major cravings. So just wanted to make that distinction there. But, but going from one program into another program and feeling like I was never successful just made me feel like I just couldn't accomplish anything. Like my self-esteem was just in, in the dumps. And so the, the switch, the change was really being able to listen to my body. Oh, how do I feel when I eat this food? Oh, how do I feel when I eat this certain food? And really coming to love myself and to really honor my body. And so now it's not necessarily a program that I'm following. The program, I guess you could say, is my program. (laughs) It's just that internal compass within, right? So that's that's, um, empowering. Yeah, and you know, I think you and I are very similar, and I think there's a lot of people out there like this that are all or nothing people, right? It's like we're all in or we're, you know, all out. It's either all or nothing. And so many times I hear people, it, it, you describe this, you know, going on a program and then you have a slip up and it's like, well, I messed up and the whole thing is worthless. And, and you know, I think we do that or, or help, I, I will hear people sometimes say, I'm never going to eat sugar for the rest of my life. And I think, well, that's not very good because the only time you can really be successful is the very last day of your life, right before you die. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm successful. I never eat sugar again. So sometimes it's just like a day-to-day process. And I think you brought up another good point too. I think... So often, and, and I understand why people do this. I do this a lot too. It's so easy to look for answers outside of yourself, to just have someone tell you what to do. I mean, that's easier, right? Because if it doesn't work, then it's not your fault, you know? And and it doesn't take a lot of thought process. And if for someone just to lay it all out for you and you just have this plan and you just follow it, sometimes it, it's, it seems easier. But the truth is, and I think what you're describing that you learned is there is no one-size-fits-all, that really we have the answers within us. 
to what is best for our own health and our own eating and our own lives and our own bodies. And we can research like you did about the anti-inflammatory foods. We can look um, and gain that knowledge, but really knowledge is not power. Wisdom is power. And the wisdom comes in listening to your body and knowing what foods give you the energy and uh, what when you eat certain things, how you feel and being wise and choosing what you eat and when you eat it. Um, so great nuggets there, really good information for everybody to take away. And I think, um, you know, listening to you too, I'm hearing that you are giving people permission and you gave yourself permission to just listen to your body and take that into account. So I, I appreciate you sharing that journey. Now, you did mention, I want to bring up this point too, because I think this is a, a struggle for some people. You have five children, you have a husband and five children. How, when you shifted or changed your eating, how did that affect them? And was it good or bad? Hmm. That's a really good question because, you know, every family is different, but for me, it was a very slow process. So I really just had to learn. I mean, I, I, I confess, I grew up eating Pop-Tarts in college and I grew up with donuts for breakfast. And so there came a point where I had to truly have a mental shift at, over a process of time. And so I started with um, making whole wheat bread instead of white bread and changing out the salts and the sugars to more healthy sugars and more healthy salts and um, more healthy fats. So just doing those kinds of things. So instead of making like white flour pancakes for breakfast in the morning for my kids, I used the whole wheat. And it was an adjustment for them, um, but those little changes over time, it just became a, a way of life. Now I would have to say I eat more healthy than my family does because there will be an open rebellion. If I force my standards <laughs> on my whole entire family, that I will have a, a picket sign, a picket line of kids, you know, like picketing in my kitchen. So, so really it's honoring people where they're at and teaching them these principles as, as well. And that's what's been really joyful is where I'll ask, you know, my kids, well, how, how did your tummy feel? Is it tight? Do you feel full? Or what's your, what's your uh, tummy saying about hunger? What's, are you getting any hunger cues and really, really connecting to the body so that they can be in tune and listen? Well, I think you brought up a really important point there. And, and for those of you who don't know, I mean, I, I'm no stranger to intuitive eating myself. I've done a couple of um, TV interviews on it with some, um, you know, semi-big markets and wrote the book Soul Intuition. Amber is definitely... Um, done more research than I have and definitely has more education than I have on it, which is why I wanted to bring her on as an expert. But one of the things that I tell people and the point that I want to bring out that you brought up is that intuitive eating is about learning to understand and connect the the brain with the stomach. (laughs) So what I eat affects how I feel. And, you know, if I eat this, I feel this way. If I eat that, feel that way. So often eating has become just we eat what our taste buds want and not really what our body needs. We don't eat for fuel. We eat for pleasure. And the things that, I mean, 
the things that are healthy can be very pleasurable to eat as well. Um, but there, I mean, let's face it, a Twinkie tastes good. Chocolate's delicious. You know, sugar, something with a lot of sugar. I mean, we, we crave that. Those are hyper palatables. But helping your kids, to, just asking those questions of your kids and your family of how do you feel after you eat this. And then giving them their own uh, opinions or their own options, honoring them where they're at, uh, I think... Sometimes people try and force their diets, especially when it's a mom of the household, onto other people, or they make it an excuse. Well, I can't do this because I'm feeding my whole family. It's just too time-consuming. So let's, in our last little bit here before, I want to dive into what does the a day in the life of Amber look like? Because somebody might look at you and think, well, she's, she's got it all. She's She's tall. She's gorgeous. You know, she has this well put together family. I, I can I can never do that. It's so out of my reach. She she probably prepares raw food and spends eight hours in the kitchen every day. And uh, I mean, what what is it realistically? Give us day in the life of Amber when it comes to uh, eating and preparing your food and what kind of things you would eat. Okay. Well, sure. I'd love to share that. Um, <laughs> I. You know, it has been a process. Again, like if, if I were to go back five years ago and compare it to how I am today, it's a diff- it's a, it's a, it would be a different, you know, it would be a comparison of two different worlds. And so today I have a fruit smoothie every morning. So, and I'm going to add some, uh, um, it's usually like frozen fruits, and that's really easy. So really as you go along, it's, it's, it's learning how to find some time-saving tips, right? And so I've had to learn those as I've gone along. So, so now I just put like a, a fruit medley of pineapple, mango, papaya with banana and, and some flaxseed and put that in, in a blender, and that's my fruit. And then about an hour later, I'll have some protein. So uh, food combining is very important. So eating fruit by itself because it's a simple carbohydrate, it digests more quickly than other foods. So that's why I suggest eating your fruit uh, alone separately from from other foods. So I will eat my my Uh smoothie first. My eggs will be about an hour later. And then I'll Mm -hmm. do my yoga, have my meditation, my prayer time. um, And then I'll get on with my day. You want me to go into lunch and dinner and all of that too? Yes, yes. I think <laughs> this, this, is, far so, as this is so helpful. And, and maybe, you know, just listening to your body. So waking up with that fruit smoothie gets things going. The eggs give you a little bit of protein. Um, so what, what, what would be your typical lunch and dinner? Yeah, so typical lunch is usually a salad and with, with some kind of protein as well. So, um, yes. or maybe I'll have some leftovers that I made the night before. So that's key too, is you make double the amount. So like yesterday at lunch, I made Asian lettuce wraps and I doubled that amount. And so then I could have those, uh, you know, very quickly for lunch or dinner today. Um, and then I, I usually do have a snack because that's one of the, the principles is, is to really listen to those cues with hunger and, and honor that hunger, just like you would honor a baby's hunger. You would feed the baby, mm-hmm. just not, you wouldn't let it sit and cry for hours on end. So, so yeah. honor that hunger. I'll usually have a snack. And then for dinner, again, it's either going to be that healthy leftover or it's going to be um, a salad or it's going to be some kind of fish with some um, quinoa or, you know, a grain or some vegetables. But lots and lots of vegetables, lots of fruit, nuts and seeds. And, and really, that's at the core of, of how I eat. 
Great. Well, thank you for allowing us to step into the life of Amber <laughs> for a minute <laughs> and uh, well, enjoy key, what you eat. That gives me really good ideas. Yeah, and, and really, you know, I've got so many ideas on time-saving tips and, and preparation, and that is really the key is, is to plan ahead. And so to have a meal plan, to have it all lined out for the week, have your staples in your kitchen so that I'm not, you know, spending eight hours in the kitchen because I've got a life too. I don't want my whole entire life revolving around food. And so I think that's one of the biggest obstacles for most people when they're wanting to change their lifestyle is they see it as that, like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to eat kale like for the rest of my life. That's not satisfying at all. And so it just kind of scares them away. But what if I were to show you how to dress up that kale salad, you know, add some like cranberries and some sunflower seeds and put in some feta cheese or whatever in it to really like spice it up and then that kale is going to taste pretty good. So, so it's really acquiring taste as well. And you'll find over time that those Twinkies, if you go back to that Twinkie, you're just, you're just not going to want it. And it's not going to appeal to you because your taste buds have literally changed. Yeah. Well, and I, I appreciate you saying that. I'm still waiting for that day to come, but I know if I hold out strong, it will. Um, all right. Well, Amber, you've given us some great information already and just sharing your story with us and your journey. And thank you for allowing us uh, a glimpse into your daily routine. When we come back, we're going to get some great tips from Amber on how to start eating intuitively into your life. You want to make sure you have a pen and piece of paper out, your notepad, your phone, whatever you want to write these things down on. Uh, Very valuable information uh, as soon as we get back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, today we have intuitive eating expert Amber Peterson 
Not only that, but she's a former business partner of mine, a lifelong friend, an angel in my life. I've just been enjoying talking with her so much. Uh, we've learned all about her journey with food, and uh, we even stepped into a day in the life of Amber, learning what she eats every day. Now, Amber, I want to go into something that you call making peace with food, and I think this is so appropriately named because a lot of the times I feel like we are in a battle with food, this thing that's given to us by God to sustain our life, this beautiful gift, and so often I I see people, and myself included, sometimes getting into this literal fight with food um, over what I'm eating and feeling guilty and shameful, and uh, I mean, just there's so many, so many bad feelings when it comes to food sometimes, so how can we really make peace with food? Hmm. Well, well, Allison, you're not alone. I, I just, I just have to, to to say that, and all of you listening too. You know, there's, you're not alone in this. And I just coached a lady over the weekend where she said, "I just wish I didn't have to eat." It's like food has become the enemy, and I've realized that with myself and my my past experiences. So it is all about now. This is going to be the the biggest shift is making peace. It's like putting down your sword and just saying, okay, I'm going to legalize food. I give myself unconditional permission and just know that, that it's okay. And now this is one of the very first steps into making peace with food is to actually have it around you all the time. Like it's kind of like putting away the deprivation or putting away the rules that you have with food. And so that may even mean pulling out the Oreos and the cakes and the candy and just having it around your house all the time. I know it sounds a little bit crazy. And I know some of you, that little voice in your head is like, thinking like, alert, alert, that's, that's all wrong. Yeah, like but most programs <laughs> would be like, throw everything out. You know, I see those health shows on TV and they're like literally raiding people's pantries with this big garbage sack and they're throwing cookies and sugar and flour and it's this big thing and the person gets done and thinks, I don't, can't eat anything. So, okay, so why are we yeah. going to put all those things right in front of us? <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, what, what's well, the purpose of that? Well, see, that's the thing. That's why those diets don't work. We've got to reject the diet mentality because biologically the brain thinks that we're going into deprivation, like, you know, starvation, famine, red alert. Like, (laughs) I can't have my Oreo cookies. What are you telling me? So then we go right into binge eating right after the program. And so it's just making peace with it. Like, okay, food is there. It's for my survival. It's there to give me life. It's there to give me energy. It's information to my body, right? So it's really changing that thought process around it. And so here's a word for you. It's called habituation. Now, I know this is an interesting word, but what that means is... Habituation, like habit? Habituation? Yes. Habituation. There's a new word. That means constant exposure to so-called foreign foods is actually going to remove the thrill and urgency of eating it. And your binge eating oh, is going to decrease so significantly. So yeah. here, here's a, another way that that makes sense to me. And as you were talking about this, you know, I was reading and it, it was, it kind of has nothing to do with this topic, but everything to do with this topic. I was reading about addiction the other day and it talked about how we have this uh, prefrontal cortex and the hypothalamus and, you know, if I'm getting these things wrong, I'm sorry for any of these scientists out there, but I like to call them the thinking brain and the feeling brain. So the hypothalamus is the feeling brain and the prefrontal cortex is the thinking brain. And what it says is with addictions, 
we let the hypothalamus or that feeling brain overrule our body. So this would so hold true, and this light bulb just came on as you were talking about eating as well. If you're eating emotionally, you're eating for how you feel, and what happens is it deadens or dulls that prefrontal cortex or the thinking brain, your logical part of your brain that says, well, I really should eat that. And so um, by exposing yourself to food, what I'm thinking is it strengthens that decision-making, that thinking brain, that prefrontal cortex that um, filters through things and says, I'm choosing not to eat this rather than, oh, it's in front of me and I feel like I want to eat it, so I'm just going to eat it and I can't stop because when you do that, it's growing or strengthening that emotional brain. It's giving a signal to your body and to your mind that your emotional brain's in charge and not that logical brain. So actually what you said makes perfect sense. And I think a lot of people would say maybe they are addicted to food. Um, And isn't addiction something where when you really want to stop and logically you know you should, but you don't because it makes you feel good? And that's kind of what you're describing, right? Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, you hit it. You hit it right on because when you're at peace, because the prefrontal cortex is where we feel peace, um, and we have that that reasoning, so where we can reason through things, right? So if we if we're not at war with food, we're at peace with food, then we can we can have that space. We can create that space that allows us to ask, hmm, do I really like the taste of this food? Hmm. Or am I just going to eat this enchilada just because I just don't want to waste the food, right? Or do I like mm-hmm. how this food feels in my body? Or would I choose this, to feel this way again after eating this meal or snack? So it definitely will, when you have peace with food, it will engage that prefrontal cortex to make better decisions. Great. Okay, so really good tip. Hopefully you wrote that down. I mean, if you're struggling with your battle with Oreos, get a package of Oreos and have them around all the time (laughs) until you can strengthen, seriously, until you can strengthen that thinking brain muscle, that prefrontal cortex into telling yourself, hey, I don't really need to eat this. And then you're right, that temptation goes away when you see that at the store. You can Mm -hmm. make that logical decision. Hey, don't want to buy these Oreos, do not. What's going to happen? And you're you're putting your... uh, your logical thinking brain in charge rather than that feeling brain. So great tip. What, what other tips do you have for, for those of us who are listening right now and thinking that we want to eat more intuitively to feel healthier and stronger? And, and maybe that's, you know, actually, I want, to go, I want to go into that question because we addressed it a little bit. Before you give us any more information, Amber, why would somebody want to have intuitive eating? I, I think we can address, address this indirectly throughout the program, but I'd just like to one more time for you to remind us or maybe state really clearly, why would intuitive eating be beneficial for somebody? Why should they do this? Mm. Why? Because it's honoring you. It's, it's helping you love yourself and it's helping you be able to connect better to your body and to your emotions. And when you love yourself, you're more able to love other people and have more energy and happiness. And, I mean, it goes on from there. So it truly is at the core of, um, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So, so basically, uh, one you want thing, to be happier, healthier, have more energy, and uh, feel, have greater self-esteem than you want to uh, follow this program or you, well, it's not even really a program. You want to learn, teach yourself how to eat intuitively. Is that right? Exactly. I'm coaching a woman right now from Wisconsin, and she she lost 100 pounds just really following, and they're not even rules, just following these disciplines 
and she made peace with food. And guess what? She made peace with herself. And so it set her up on a huge, like a whole nother course of, of really finding her true passion in life. So it's, that is at the heart of it is, is making um, peace with yourself so that you can live your mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, great. All right. So give us some more of those golden nuggets. Make peace with food. What, what's another one? Well, you know, I have to say, I, I know a lot of people are, may be thinking, what is she talking about? Get out the Oreos. Here she is. She's a health coach, and she's saying get out the Oreos. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Well, so we have what's called food police, okay? We have this voice in our head that's telling us these certain rules and things to live by, like, oh, I can't eat anything after 6 p.m. or else I'm going to get fat, or sweets are bad for me, or... Um, Beans are fattening. Bread is fattening. Well, everything is fattening, right? And it's just that voice gets louder and louder with every single program um, that we go on. And so we've got to challenge that food police. And how we do that is by cultivating some retorts to that food police um, when those judgments and demands come up. And you're, you come from a place of curiosity, so not judgment. It's all about, hmm, well, that's interesting. Why, why is it that I, I shouldn't eat anything after, after 6 p.m.? Okay, so it's really, mm-hmm. it's really coming from being the observer and being and curious. Now, I have to confess here, just, I want to share this story with you just briefly so that you can understand this principle. So my confession is, is that I have been pulled over by the police at least uh, six to seven times in my lifetime. And okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, okay, where, where is this going? Yes, yeah. I've been pulled over. And out of those um, six or seven times I've been pulled over, I've only received two tickets. So I am very, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I'm just receiving well, two tickets. Well, maybe we're doing the call on the wrong subject then. Uh, we need to do a promo <laughs> on this program next week. Albert Peterson on how to get out of tickets. <laughs> how to get out of ticket. But, but you guys are going to remember this to challenge the food police, right? Because I would have these retorts built in to, to challenge the police and how I talked myself out of all these tickets. And it was always, oh, officer, I came from a point of view of curiosity and, and, and um, just sorry and compassion, okay? And so every time I get pulled over, and, and I'm trying to do better, so I, I'm trying to do better in that respect, but... Um, I'll just say, wow, officer, I am so sorry. I did not realize that I was going faster than I, I you know, this posted speed limit. And, and every time you would say, oh, thank you for being honest with me. And so the same story holds true in our minds. It's just coming from that place of just being an observer and challenging those police, those voices, and just having some self-compassion. Well, that's a great point uh, that you bring out there, and uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I actually have a friend right now who is uh, trying to eat healthier, lose some weight, things like that. And it was really interesting to hear from him these preconceived notions that he has. And as you know, I have a background in in personal training and nutrition, and to kind of observe and watch some of the things that he's eating throughout the day. Um, and and I'm thinking, okay, this this is not what you think it is. <laughs> like, you know, I'm counting the calories in my head, and I'm thinking, why would you think these have this has any less calories than that, or why 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 are you you know 
eating this thing that you really don't like when you could be eating something you like that has more nutritional value for your, your body with the same amount of calories. And it was just things that were taught, you know, to, to him when he was younger or somebody said to him that he held this great value in what they said. So I, I like that. And I, I think that sometimes we do get that in our heads and, it, and, and things change too. I mean, there, there are different diets, there are different fads, there are different things that work and don't work. And it's interesting the seeds that get planted in our heads when we're younger or as we go throughout our life that just never leave and that are these voices in the back of our head. And so to, to challenge those thoughts and say, is this really what I want? Is this really going to help me? Why do I think that? Why do I believe that? Um, can be very helpful. So great, great tip or piece of advice. So we have time for one more before our next commercial break. So talked about making peace with food. Um, and then you talked about the food police and challenging those food police. Uh, what's one more, more tip that can lead somebody to more intuitive eating, to really be in tune with eating what their body needs and, and not just uh, eating what their taste buds want? Right. Well, well, one of the steps is to honor your hunger cues. And I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier in the program. It's just really being, being um, attuned to what's going on with your stomach, like, and the mind and the head. So, so what are those physical sensations that are happening when you're hungry? Is your stomach growling? Are you tired? Are you hangry? You know, like, that's a big one for my daughter. Like, I know she's hungry and she's angry. Mm-hmm. Do you have a headache? Are you, like, in, increasing your thoughts about food? Like, are you fantasizing about food? Those are more than likely good signs that you, you're, you are pretty hungry. So the thing about honoring your hunger cues is that when you, when you eat something, you are, um, it, it, it's, building trust and connection in your body. It's like, oh, okay. She, you know, your body, it's almost like your body is saying, oh, she is paying attention to me. Oh, she does nourish me. She does love me. And so every time you honor your hunger, your here and now body, like your present body is, is getting more clarity and the confusion leaves, okay? So um, the other thing, too, is the longer you wait um, to to like really feel that uh, to pay attention to that hunger, the more intense the sensation. Yeah. So well, you know, this it, is it just gets good stronger reminder. and stronger. This is a good reminder for me. You know, I, I think as a mother, if my kids came to me and said, "Hey, mom, I'm hungry," I would feed them. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be like, "Well." you know, starve for a while. Or, you know, maybe if it's close to dinner, I might say, well, dinner's in five or ten minutes. You can wait. Um, but really, if my kids are really hungry, I'm going to feed them because I love them. And mm-hmm. I think it's that relationship with yourself that that you are establishing when you when you recognize that you need something and you fulfill that need. Now, I'm also thinking that this is really good timing because I'm literally talking, uh, doing this radio show from a hotel room in Cleveland, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, it's almost 2 o'clock here, and I haven't eaten anything, and I'm starving. <laughs> so I, I did not plan that very well. But um, anyway, if you, if you hear my hangry voice come out on this call today, uh, you'll know why. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try and control myself till we're, we're done with this call okay. here. Um, but really great pieces of information. Now, I know you have some more good information for us. Coming up next, we're going to hear more from Amber um, on how to to implement intuitive eating into, into your life, how to honor your body, be happier, healthier, and have greater self-esteem. We'll be right back. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. We're here with Amber Peterson, intuitive eating expert, lifelong friend, and really uh, my <laughs> one of my BFFs. So uh, we're having a great show uh, talking about intuitive eating and been so full of knowledge and knowledge, but wisdom as well. And I've appreciated you sharing your journey with us today and the things that you've learned and that you've used to help other people on their journey to help us um, through being by themselves. One of the things we were talking about before break was really uh, learning to, to listen to your body, learning to, when you're hungry, having compassion on yourself. Um, if our child came to us and was asking for food and they were hungry, we would certainly have compassion on them. Why is it that so many people... Uh, starve themselves or seem to punish themselves with food, uh, how, how can we could develop or cultivate that passion for our own selves when it comes to eating? Mm. Well, I think we all have an inner child within us. And I was thinking about it today. It's not like our parents sat us down when we were like three and said, you know what, child, um, you're now old enough to take care of yourself. You can feed yourself, you can self-soothe, all these things, um, right? We had to learn them as, as we grew up, and, and we lose sight of that when we become a little older if we're not taught well how, how to really take care of ourselves. And so really, it's remembering that there's this little child inside that needs to be fed, and it doesn't need to be overfed, but it does need to have food that's satisfying. It needs to have food that's nurturing so that it can be healthy and well and have stamina and, and clarity. Um, and, and food can be fun, too. So it's just really having this, this perfect uh, balance, if at all possible. But I wanted to share um, something from Professor Kristen Naff. She is um, out of the University of Texas here in Austin. And she's done a lot of studies on self-compassion. And 
here's a few tips for you that can help you in this process. And so whenever you have an eating experience, um, whether it's a positive or negative eating experience, just take it as an opportunity to learn about you and your body. Okay. So again, it's just stepping into that curiosity and being that observer and just, just thinking, okay, you know, I, I love myself in this moment. So the first step Kristen says, is to have physical touch. And so it's like just putting your hand over your heart, just like you would with a child mm. that's crying, that comes to you just, you know, um, emotionally um, discontent and you, you're going to comfort that child. So the same, we need to do the same thing for ourselves. So you're going to put your hand over your heart and you're just going to re- respond to that, that warm, gentle touch. That's just how our bodies are designed to, we're just designed to respond to that warm touch. And then you could say something like some words of support and gentle kindness, like, you know what, I'm okay. I'm learning through this experience. This, this is um, a new experience for me, but I'm going to get through it. So that would be the second step is to say words of support and affirmation to yourself. Remember, just like you would a child. Mm -hmm. And then the third step is to recognize that there's suffering in tough moments, right? Just like a child, you're going to validate them like, oh, I can see that you're so sad or this must have been so hard for you. And you're going to say the same thing to yourself. Mm -hmm. Man, you know, this there, yeah, like I am suffering through this time and, and it's okay. And the fourth step is to really recognize that we're human that we're not perfect and that this is just part of the human experience. And, and that fourth step is, is huge because what it does is it, it creates a common humanity, you know, like every, there's a lot of people going through this too. And I'm not alone because many of us deep down, when we feel like we're the only ones going through it, that scares mm-hmm. us. And that's, that is really hard to go through something alone. So recognize that it's part of common humanity that that many people feel the same way. Well, I think one of the things too that's so sad is we tend to punish and beat ourselves up so many times when it comes to eating and we even somehow I think even people think that that's a motivation. Oh, I'm so fat, I'm so fat. That's going to motivate me to go to the gym to tell myself how fat I am. It's going to motivate me to go to the gym to look in the mirror and notice all my flaws. It's going to motivate me to eat healthier if I just, um, you know, stepped on the scale and, and thought about how fat I am and how far away from I am from my goal. But what ends up happening and what I've seen over and over and over again is we become who we think we are. And if we mm-hmm. think constantly to ourselves, I eat horribly, we become a horrible eater. If we think constantly to ourselves, I'm so fat, you know, I, I look horrible, then that's what we manifest in our life. And so I, I appreciate this concept of compassion because it's when we're gentle with ourselves, it's when we demonstrate that compassion, not only that we will thrive and excel, but we will also be a better person for the people around us. And, you know, a while ago I heard something, actually, Amber, I think it was with you and Mike when we heard this. We went to hear a BYU professor. I think I, I'm pretty sure I was with you, but tell me if, if, if I wasn't. Um, but as I remember, I went with another couple who I think was you and your husband to hear this uh, professor from Brigham Young University, and he was a sociologist and went over and 
at, all over the world and talked uh, with different cultures about their family experience. And something he shared was that um, that he has learned is when you criticize somebody, their conscience will console them. And what that means is when you tell somebody, oh, you aren't doing this, you need to do that better, um, or somebody says that to you, your conscience kind of says, well, you don't know me. Well, you know, I'm doing this because of that, and you, you have no idea, you know, why I'm doing it. But when we compliment somebody, their conscience will compel them to do better. So if somebody says to me, Allison, you are a fantastic mom, I think, oh, it's so awesome. Yes, I am, and I want to be even more fantastic as a mother. And when it comes to eating, I think when we're constantly criticizing ourselves internally in our food choices, we start coming up with excuses like, you know, if, if, if I'm kicking myself, oh, I can't believe I just ate two Oreos, then I think in my mind, well gosh, it was a hard day and maybe I did deserve those Oreos. And and I start coming up internally with excuses for why that was okay. Versus if I'm complimenting myself saying, oh, Allison, you know, you, I, I'm so grateful for, for your body. I'm so grateful for my body. I'm so grateful for this wonderful food. And I'm, I'm making such good choices when it comes to my health and fitness. And I want to make better choices. I want to keep doing those things. So just those internal compliments and compassion can go a long way in motivating you to eat well. So do you remember that? Was that was, was I with you for that? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We went to that yeah together. It's been, okay, yeah, good. it's been a few years, and and that's and that's the thing. And I'm glad you shared that because because it really is being aware to that internal dialogue in our mind. And and what I've come to learn is that when we numb the feelings or or we're not aware to these thoughts, that a lot of times um, we we numb. We numb the joy, too. As Brene Brown, she's um, an author and social worker and psychologist, she says that when we numb the joy or when we numb the sadness, we numb the joy as well. And Mm -hmm. and many times we go to food to to numb those feelings, but food won't fix your feelings. I mean, that, if if I can say that over and over again, food won't fix your feelings. It's, It's you. It's you who who has the, the wisdom inside of you to be able to recognize and be aware and to also transform those feelings into something more positive. So, so like, if you're feeling really uh, frustrated and, and angry, I, I know um, in the past I've, I've gone to food to, to cope, Right. And, and that's usually, that's usually a release. Or what if you're feeling really, um, depressed, right? So you can just down a whole bunch of carbs and that can somewhat increase serotonin to, to feel better. But it's very short lived. And so it's all about being aware and being able to transform that energy into, into something else. And that's where the, self-care and the self-nurturing comes into play. Like instead of reaching for the Oreos, right, you, um, maybe you need to take a nap. Maybe you just are so overworked and so tired that your body is saying, I need a nap instead. Or mm, maybe yeah. you need a, bu- a bubble bath or you just need to buy yourself some flowers and, or go for a nature walk. I mean, all <laughs> these things will bring joy because you're taking care of that, that inner child or that, that true person inside of you. 
Well, and that's so true. And Amber, I know that you're working with people all over the country through uh, coaching to help them become intuitive eaters, to make peace with their food. Uh, we only have a couple more minutes left, and I'd like for you just to talk about how somebody, if somebody's listening right now, they want to talk with you further about their journey with food, about uh, making peace with food, how could they get a hold of you? Sure. Well, they can get a hold of me through, um, they can look me up on, on Facebook. So it's Amber Peterson Coaching. Um, and also they can email me at amber at amberpetersoncoaching.com. So those are, those are two ways to get a hold of me. And I'm very quick to respond. So if you have some questions about um, anything that we talked about today, then I'm, I'm definitely more than happy um, to talk with you. And it's something that I always do is um, if you are interested in coaching with me, I always provide a one-hour foundational session. And that is for both of us to see if we're a good fit, um, to, to see if, if what I have to offer you and, and my coaching style will actually fit with your personality. And so if that's something that you're interested in and, and you're looking at changing the way that you're eating and you're wanting to really make peace with food and make peace with yourself and we will we can do more coaching um, together. I usually I usually offer uh, six coaching sessions together in a package because I find that that's most effective. Um, you can get again, like I said, you can get a hold of me through um, again. It's Amber Peterson Coaching on Facebook and amberpetersoncoaching.com. Well, thank you for sharing that. Hopefully, you will be taking advantage of that. I would encourage you, if, if anything throughout this program uh, really struck you, if you feel like you've been fighting with food for years, if you want to have more compassion and less guilt and shame when it comes to eating, I would encourage you to to take Amber up on that hour-long uh, consultation or session so that you can work with her. So, Amber, we have time for you to leave us with one final thought today. Um, if there's one thing that you hope that people got out of this program today, one thing that they could walk away with and take action on or implement in their lives or write down in their journal, what would that one thing be? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that one thing is that you have the wisdom inside of you. And, and it's truly about exploring at the root of what's what's going on inside and being in tune with your body, being in tune with your emotions and having self-compassion so that you can extend that to yourself through self-nurturing, self-care and that that alone, that self-compassion is going to help you have the happiness and energy and the, the stamina to be able to improve your life. So, so that's the one thing to remember is, is to love yourself. Thank you so much. Amber is an intuitive eating expert. She's helping people find peace or make peace with their food. And I would just reiterate what Amber said. As as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm the author of the book, Soul Intuition. And really, when it comes down to it, there is no one-size-fits-all blueprint for happiness and success, whether that's eating, uh, exercising, success in business, whatever it is, literally, there is no one-size-fits-all formula for success. There are principles that you can follow that will help you be successful, but ultimately, you have the blueprint inside of you, and it's exactly that wisdom that Amber talked about that will allow you to be able to read that blueprint, to decipher what you need to do to achieve success in your life in whatever area you're in. So, I'd encourage you to look within 
find that blueprint and follow follow that and have compassion on yourself uh, that I cannot reiterate that enough. So coming up next week, we will have another guest who's transformed their lives and is working to now transform the lives of other people. Uh, this is Allison H. Larson. Thank you for joining us today on Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.